One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. For the new season, the Board Breakdown podcast is proud to present a partnership with Mental Health. Mental Health are an award-winning mental health organisation. They're based in Middlesbrough and they work across the Tees Valley and beyond. They do men's mental health differently than, well, pretty much everybody else out there, with a sense of integrity, honesty and humour. Did you know that Middlesbrough has the highest suicide rate in England, with around 75% of those being men? Together, we can help change that. Mental Health run a number of men-only groups across Teesside called The Speakeasy. Now, these aren't your typical support groups with chairs in a circle and everyone staring down at their feet in a dusty community centre or church hall. They run them differently in like Red Curse, Stockton, Yard, Middlesbrough, using independent coffee shops where you guys can come together, have a brew and, and have a chat. There's no forms to fill in, there's no need to book, there's no pressure, there's no cost, no judgement. Just a friendly space and a free cover. We're going to get them on a special podcast soon to find out more about what they do and how they can help you. In the meantime, to find out more about their work, please visit their website at www.mentelhealth.org. That's search for men at M-E-N-T-E-L-L, health, H-E-A-L-T-H. It's three words, Mentel Health. It's all across the social media. I hope you enjoy this pre uh, preseason podcast, and we have many podcasts lined up throughout the next couple of weeks. I hope you enjoy it. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the triple. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. breakdown podcast with me johnny bullock um today i'm joined by the everything mfc owner um dana dana welcome back to the podcast thanks for having me back um i just want to begin this podcast um with the, the transfer talk that's that's going around bamford of course is near enough near enough completed now to leeds and i felt seven million pound rising to ten with just this morning i seen your post about waghorn seems to be coming the other way um, what's your thoughts on Bamford going, um, and, and how do you think Waghorn is a is a suitable replacement for him? Um, I'm a bit confused by uh, the Bamford situation, to be honest. I'm baffled first and foremost that we're selling him, and even more baffled that we're selling him to Leeds of all clubs. Because as much as I'd like to see them involved in a relegation battle uh, this season, 
I think they, they could be up there. I mean, they're assembling a good squad. They already had some good players anyway. So, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, I rate Bamford. I think he's not exactly a Tony Pulis player. He's he, he's not as physical as um, Britta Zombalong, where Rudy just said. But he offers us something different and he's a very intelligent player. What he lacks in, in you know physical prowess, he makes up for in technical ability. And, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, we're essentially strengthening a rival whilst not strengthening ourselves because, I mean, nine days to go until the transfer window closes and, you know, we're, yeah, Waghorn coming in, but I don't know. I, I don't really know. I'm, I'm I'm undecided on that one. I mean, 16 goals last season. I don't know. I mean, he, he, he has that kind of Tony Pulis-esque style of playing in terms of, you know, he gives 100% and he's, you know, he's quite physical, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm undecided on that one. Yeah, no, I'm 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 in the same boat as you. I think I think Waghorn is actually a probably a, a good suitable replacement for him. Yeah, so I think Waghorn could be a suitable replacement for him. Um, I seen Boris stats. They posted something. It was just it was just this morning. Um, I'm on my computer. Um, and Waghorn stats are actually superior to Bamford in terms of attacking abilities. Um, and technical ability and tactical um, he's actually better than him defending and creativity so technically Waghorn is better than Bamford on stats alone um, if, if you think about that too much um, but whether that, whether that really makes sense or not um, I think Waghorn's probably more suited to the style that Pulis wants to bring into the club and I know people complain about um, Pulis being a dinosaur and, and stuff like this but Sometimes that dinosaur will, since he's been around a bit more, he's been around the block a lot more than someone else. Um, it's easier for him to put his standing on, put his stamp on the club, and well, what's what the best way to put it? Um, he'll use his experience well to essentially get us up the table, and I think that's why he's he's letting some players go. And then bring the players. I think we should trust Pulis. I don't think we should slag him off. I think we should just buy our time. And if it goes wrong and falls flat, then then we can have those conversations about him potentially leaving um, in the season. Um, but speaking of people leaving, Traore could be on his way as well. Um, I have no idea who we should replace him with. Um, how do you feel about Traore going as well? Well, it'd be a massive loss. I don't think we can replace him to be honest, because. There's not a lot of players out there that we can get that will offer what Triori offers. I mean, he literally can take on a whole team. He's he's that quick, and I don't know. I mean, obviously Sunderland did us a bit of a favour with that, uh, you know, dislocating his shoulder, which isn't exactly a situation we wanted from Triori, but at least it kind of fends off Wolves for now. But um, yeah, apparently their manager doesn't want to spend 18 million on him and, and only values him at 12 million. So, I mean, if we go through with that, then God help us. But, I mean, yeah, Traore, I hope we can hold on to him. And, I mean, if we do, it would be good, but I can still see him leaving in January anyway. Mm, well, he's only 21, 22. So, he's like he's got so many years ahead of him, especially in, in this game. He can, he's only going to get better. Um, I think twelve million is definitely under under value, um, and and if I'm honest, I feel like Wolves 
yes, the that rising, the potentially that rising club at the minute, it can it can also backfire. They could do a QPR and spend way too much money and get relegated. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. but Wolves are going to start rising up there. Um, and but I do feel that the move for Traore would fall flat on him. I think he couldn't if he gets into the team. Is he going to get enough games? Is he going to be trusted? By Nuno, uh, like Pulis has been doing it to him, and is it actually going to be a good move for him. But we we just we just don't know that. If I'm if I'm honest, if I was in Traore's position, I would. I'm not saying it because I'm a Middlesbrough fan, but I would say that he should probably stay, um, just for his own development as well. I think he's got a manager there who, who trusts him, so it it makes things a lot easier for him. Um, but in terms of like replacing him as well, the only people I've seen that. Not good enough, but offers something different. Are the likes of Wing, Tavernier, and Chapman, and they're the ones that've been breaking through, through preseason. Which one do you think will probably break through the most this year? It depends on whether we bring in another winger. I think if we, if we don't, and if we keep Triore, I think maybe Chapman can have a chance. I mean, he's impressed in these last three loan spells. I mean, he, he had. A few injury problems. I think he he was injured and out injured for a while at Bar- uh, no, it wasn't Barnsley. It was Sheffield United and then Blackburn. Um, and he wasn't really getting that many starts at Barnsley. But he offers us something you know different, and he's he's definitely a good player and one that we should keep an eye on. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to see all three of them be involved next season. I don't think they'll be starters, but I think they can definitely you know have a, an impact on our season and. I'd quite like Lewis Wing to break through as well because he offers us again something different. He he has that um, he has a, a good shot on him. I mean, we've seen it, um, you know, on his highlights from Shildon that he he isn't afraid to shoot. And it was his his shot against um, Hartlepool in the friendly the other day that resulted in uh, British Zombolonga's goal. So I'd like to see all of them be involved next season. But whether they will or not, I'm not so sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think some of them could be potentially be a step too far. I think Tav is probably the one that will miss out, but I think it's it's a prime opportunity for the likes of Wing and the likes of Chapman to break through this year. I think it's like a more of a make-or-break season for the pair of them, um, especially at our club. I think professionally-wise, they'll kick on the career and they'll definitely stay in the Football League or go even higher than that. Um, but obviously a lot of people don't know, but a couple of years ago, Middlesbrough, were approached by Arsenal for Harry Chapman um, when he was very, very young. He was 15, 16, and they pretty much offered us like a blank cheque saying we would like to have him, but he was rejected. Um, so they do see something in him. Um, that's kind of a bit of a spoiler alert, but it was just a... We had the opportunity to sell him, and we haven't. And when we've watched him play, and we've watched him take on players for fun, like the Hartlepool game when Chapman got the ball and just took about six or seven men and then laid it off, he has that technical ability. He's going to be up there. He's going to be a very, very good footballer. It's just if we can protect him, especially getting injured, injured as well. Um, it's definitely a cheap replacement if we sell Traoré and we put Wing and Chapman in there. But it will offer us something different. Um, we've seen the likes of being of like uh, seen the likes of uh, Matt Phillips being linked. Do you think he's more suitable? And do you think he'll give us a bit more? Experience in in this division, and obviously the likes of um, Adoltmer as well. Um, if you could probably bring a winger in um, who is in the league at the moment, uh, who would you look to bring in? I'd probably bring in Adoltmer to be honest. I mean, I know that obviously you had 
a few issues here before, but that was mainly down to Karanka, um, you know, during the, the promotion season. But no, I think we know what Albert Adoma offers, and he's one of those wingers that, you know, it's it's easy to, to have him on your side because he's not necessarily a, a not explosive player like Adama Traore, but like I said, you know exactly what he offers you. And yeah, I, I don't know, I think we need to definitely look into bringing him back, and I think we are because uh, uh, Aston Villa are in trouble financially, should we put it that way? at the moment and I think we need to take advantage of that but yeah I mean Albert Adorma and, and Matt Phillips would be two decent replacements I don't think they can offer well they won't offer what Adama Traore offers if we do sell him but yeah I mean Tony Pulis has worked with Matt Phillips before so I reckon you know both of them would be good signings should we actually bring them in yeah no I, I, I agree with you but if we don't bring these players in it's it's like I'm starting to think how the hell are we gonna compete this season? Are we gonna are we gonna change our whole outlook on how we play? Because the last few seasons under Karanka and a bit under Monk, um, most well, slightly under Monk, we we started to adopt more of like a passing style philosophy, and that was all down from the Tony Mowbray era where we'd start and try and pass from the back and move our way up the pitch, and that was dominated by Karanka, and then it slowly moved to to Monk, and then Monk kind of like just ripped everything apart and then Pulis just came in and we're going to play a bit of hoofball at the minute which is I'm not bothered about I think when people say like oh Tony Pulis it's boring to watch like we played really well at some time, sometimes last season under Pulis and yeah. so it's like kind of ugh, I don't I don't really know but if we don't bring those in I think I kind of want us to well, I want us to become like that not Millwall um, that Wimbledon type team who kick the shit out of everyone and be a really horrible team to play against because I think that's the only way we can go at the minute if we don't bring any pace in. Um, yeah. I seen I seen that we were linked with Joe Bryan as well, and um, the left back from Bristol City. I would personally love to have him in. I think he'd be. Yeah, he'd be. I think no offense to George, but I think I was saying a lot last year that he was finished. Um, it probably looks like Gibson's going to probably be shifted to left back when Ayala's fit. Um, and it's just. I don't know. We just we need we do need some sort of left back in there because I feel like we we're still, we're slowly slowing down the team and we're just we're going to be one dimensional. It's it's quite frustrating. But it, our middle wall's coming up Saturday. Um, what would be your your lineup um, for middle wall? Obviously, Wycorn uh, Wycorn independent. Obviously, Randolph and goal. Um, Probably stick with the same back four from last season. To be honest, it's it's a strange one because we've brought in Aidan Flynn, yeah, and we've got him, Ayala, and Gibson, all you know vying for those two centre back spots. So I'll be interested to see you know who Tony Pulis scores with. I'd imagine that Ayala will probably be injured, like he usually is um, at the start of the season, and it'll probably be um, Aidan Flynn and Ben Gibson. But I'd go with the same back four from campaign, Ryan Shotton, um, Ben Gibson, Daniel Ayala, Josh Friend, and then 4-3-3, by the way. Yeah. Um, three in midfield, Paddy McNair, Johnny Harrison, and probably Clayton. And then up front, Triore, well, no, not Triore, actually, he's injured, isn't he? Um, I, don't know who, I don't know who will play on the right-hand side then, because this is the problem, you know, we haven't actually replaced Albert Adorma we still haven't replaced him because 
we brought Adama Traore in, but I'm, you know, he, he wasn't ever meant to be Albert Adama's replacement. I think he was meant to be more his competition. So this is the issue for me with our wingers, and this is why I'm a little bit worried going into the, you know, the last stages of the transfer window, because I still think we need a winger, we need a left winger, and a right winger, and without Traore, we don't really have anything. So I genuinely don't know who's who's going to play on that right hand side. But as for the other the other positions, I'd go with probably Brit up front and then Downing on the left. Yeah. Um, the I'm going to post this um, in the in, on the page after after this podcast. But I was going to say that um, who would you rather start? Is it Downing or do you go Chapman on the left hand side? Um, because Chapman's obviously done very very well in pre season, should be pushing for a start. Um, on the right hand side, you think well we haven't got another winger besides Traore, so if yeah. so if we get Waghorn, is is Waghorn going to start on the right? Because he did do it. He used to play on the right hand side a lot last season. Um, is he going to start there? Um, if if he hasn't signed in time, do we give? We we have no choice really but to give the likes of Wing and, and the likes of Chapman the chance against Millwall. I think it's a perfect opportunity for the pair of them, if I'm honest. It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Downing could move to the right and then we could put Chapman on the left, but I don't know, it's a, it's a difficult one because we do need more signings, it's obvious. I mean, even Downing, I mean, on the left-hand side, we do have, obviously, Chapman there, but Marvin Johnson as well. They're not Marvin exactly... Johnson, yeah the best of, of players to fill in obviously you know Chapman is a fantastic player but is he ready and he is a little bit injury prone from his last two years so I don't know we, we definitely need a, a winger uh, without a shadow of a doubt yeah I think we definitely need like, a winger a left back potentially a right back um, yeah there's like everyone talks about oh we could potentially play Braithwaite on the on the wing and we could potentially play Johnson as well um, I don't think we'll play Johnson. I think Johnson's already out of the team. I think he's we're just looking to get rid of him. Braithwaite yeah. could potentially come in unless he gets sold to Bordeaux. Um, but if we don't have those two, then it's going to have to be the young guys playing. Um, and we we know we're saying are they ready? Are they ready? The point could be made was Stuart Downing ready when he broke through to the team. Um, he had that he had that small loan at Sunderland and then came back and then just set the world well, not the world alight but he set the T side alight and. Yeah. Was excellent when he was very very young, so it could be the likes of Chapman and, and Wing breaking through this year, um, and I hope that they do because it's tr- it's always nice to see like a T sider being in the team. Um, yeah. It's always like a soft spot, but I don't know. I'm in the same boat as you. I think if I was to predict the start eleven, I would definitely go with Randolph Shot, and I'd probably start Flint and Gibson, and then play a friend on the left. Um, but McNair, Clayton, and oh, do I go Ladbetter? Oh, do I go Housen? I go Housen, um, and then if it Triore, but he's not. Um, I'd probably go. I'd honestly, I'd go wing, Asamba Longa, and um, Chapman. I would just try it. I would. I, I yeah, have to try. No, I mean the thing with wing is I genuinely thought he was a winger when he when he first came here. But I think when he went on loan to Yeovil last season, he was played in midfield, and he was kind of that kind of Johnny Housen like player in the sense that yeah. he is a, obviously a central midfield player, but he gets forward, and 
I don't know whether Borough would play him in midfield or on the wing. Yeah. So that's that's another one that you know we should we should keep an eye on because if if wing does play, do we play him in midfield where there's quite a lot of competition? Obviously, McNair, uh, Clayton, Ledbetter, House, and Desart as well. I completely forgot about Desart. Yeah. Or do we play him on the wing where there's you know? not really that much competition I don't know, I mean the infuriating thing for me is that instead of improving the wings, we've gone and brought in two players for positions that we don't necessarily need to strengthen, because we've got Aidan Flint now, on top of Ayala, Gibson Shotton can play there, Friend can play there mm-hmm. if injuries take at all and then Paddy McNair, we, we don't we, I don't know I think we didn't really need a centre midfielder for me anyway, but it's all good competition but yeah I'm a little bit frustrated that we've gone in for two players that we didn't necessarily you know the positions we didn't necessarily need to strengthen yeah no I agree with you just the only option for me now is we've seen in the past that Pulis plays four centre backs at the back rather than natural wing backs <laughs> um, so the only thing is for me we'd see the likes of Gibson moving out to left back if we need him to Originally, origi- originally that was Gibson's position, um, and then he moved back into centre back. And what you'll see, what you do see, and you'll know this from your experience as well, wingers always tend to become centre midfielders um, or come more central because they can't get on the pitch as quick as they used to. Um, yeah. But I can definitely see Gibson playing left back this year. Can I can see it? Um, unfortunately, I mean, yeah, it's already happened in pre season. I mean. George Friend was injured at one point. Ryan Shotton was injured at another point. Uh, Dale Fry as well. I think I forgot about Dale Fry. Dale Fry played, was it right back, I think, against... Yeah. Um, I think it was Sturm Gratz, I think, that he played right back against. And Yeah, I think I can see that happening. If if, this, uh, if the left-backs aren't fit, then I don't think Tony Pulis will have any issues playing Gibson at left-back or Dale Fry at right-back, which... I don't particularly, you know, it certainly doesn't excite me, but if it gets the job done, then it gets the job done. Yeah, well, speaking of, speaking of Dale Fry, you know, with, with the, the likes of Flint coming in now, it's very, it could be very, very difficult for him to break through. Um, yes, he's only like 19, 20 year old, but he's going, he's going to come, Gibson broke, broke through when he was like 17, but yes, we were under a lot of different restrictions, but Fry's going to have a lot of limited space this year to break through and I think the only way he's going to break through is if he goes out on loan this season and does a full year out and then comes back next season and breaks through I think that's the only chance Fry's going to get um, if he's ever going to, to break through and I think that's quite sad if he doesn't because I think we see a lot of potential in him we see he's, he's very very mature on the ball when he's when he's playing so it's like it'd be sad if we didn't play him um, or he didn't break yeah. through in, in the end but it's very early, and I'm going to move this on, but how do you see the championship going this year? Do you see Mills were going up, or do you think we're going to be struggling? Or um, relegation, potentially? Definitely oh, not. God, I hope not. <laughs> um, but no, how do you see the championship going this year? I think we'll definitely struggle to start with, because we've left... If we are going to sign players within these next nine days we've left them a little bit late so you know bed in and whatnot so I think we'll we'll get off to a bit of a rocky start but I think we'll definitely pick it up I mean we've got Tony Pudis he's an experienced manager and he knows what he's doing not everyone 
quite buy into you know his, his style of football and, and his uh, I don't know his, his methods of thinking. But you know he, he is an experienced manager, like I said, and I think it, it definitely isn't going to be a a rip roaring success for Burnley this season. I, I certainly don't think we're going to be automatic promotion candidates. But yeah, I, I keep thinking that we'll just scrape sixth or we'll get fifth. I, I don't know, I'm quite pessimistic when it comes to Borough because that's just how I've grown up. But yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to be a particularly great season. I think it's going to have a few bumps in the road. But at the end of the day, you know, if we get playoffs, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I'd be happy with, I'd be happy with playoffs. Um, I think playoffs is the, the minimum. Um, I think Gibson will... We'll be putting pressure on Pulis to say, look, we need to get up this season, especially for finances. Um, appreciate that we have like another year of, of Premier League money, but it's it's kind of do or die this year for us. I think we have to get up, and there's so many teams around us strengthening. And um, as the championship's getting better known now, the championship's becoming more watched. It's like the it's like the fourth most watched league in the world at the minute, behind um, I think it's it actually goes Premier League, La Liga. Championship and then it goes Bundesliga, Serie A. So the money start the money starting to come into the championship, and you can see that with the teams that strengthened, like the likes of Leeds, who brought in Bielsa, who was highly rated from Pep Guardiola and Pochettino. Um, Forest have been strengthening everywhere. Karanga, who's just going to do an absolute. I think Karanga's going to do amazing with them this season. I think Forest are going to do very very well. Um, I kind of. Secretly hope they do well. Um, just under Cranker, as long as they lose both, as long as they lose every game against us, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I can see Millsworth being in around there. Where do you think everyone else is going to finish? Who do you think is going to go up this season? I know we never expected Cardiff to go up, and we never expected Wolves to. We expected Wolves to be up there, but not as high as we thought they would be, um, and run away with it the way they did. So, who do you think is going to go up, and who do you think is going to go down this year? Very, very early, of course. Um, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of teams vying for promotion. I think obviously the three relegated teams, West Brom, Stoke, Swansea, uh, teams that were up there, you know, last season as well. Preston, Brentford, Derby, of course. But I mean, Derby will probably have their usual uh, January slump. Hmm. Uh, and then Leeds as well could be up there. Forest as well. I don't know. I think I think uh, Stoke and West Brom will go up and. To be honest, I, I wouldn't be all that surprised if all three relegated teams go straight back up. And in terms of, you know, relegation, I was going to say Sunderland. Then that would have been funny again. But maybe, maybe Blackburn, maybe Wigan. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to the bottom of the, the yeah. championship because we haven't really been down there for quite some years, thankfully. So no, I definitely think it's going to be a difficult season for Borough, and there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be up there. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the hardest years we could call because um, so many teams are strengthening um, and they're strengthening very well. There's, there's there's a lot of calculations going on behind the scenes with every club this year and people are starting to bring in very, very good footballers. It's starting to get more difficult and good teams are going to miss out. Um, but the likes of Derby County with Lampard in charge, which which is absolutely bizarre by the way. I think it's so bizarre that Ryan Giggs, Lampard, and Gerrard are all managers now. It just baffles. It, it, it feels so strange. But um, 
but everyone's going to get better this season it's going to get more difficult as the season goes on it all comes down to experience and Pulis has bags of it so hopefully we can actually get away with it and, and do very well this season but I think Stoke are going to win the league I think their, their squad's way too good it reminds me of like Newcastle and is it 09 when they got relegated was it 09 or 10 um, yeah they, they yeah. went up they were they were just way too good for this division. Um, I think they're going to. I think they're going to do very much the same thing, and they'll bounce straight. Yeah, up. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but besides that, it's anyone's game. There's there's about twelve to twelve to thirteen teams that can go up this year, which is just absolutely madness. Um, but Millwall Saturday, first game of the season. It's always very difficult. No one can. No one can predict what's going to happen. Everyone's still finding their feet. You see bizarre scorelines. How do you think Millwall's going to go on Saturday? It's going to be a tough game, obviously, uh, going to the Den. They rattled us last time. I mean, the, the crowd were right up for it, and we panicked. You know, we, we pretty much bottled it in front of their uh, their fans. And, um, yeah, they're going to be right up for it. Um I just hope we get off to a good start, to be honest. Um, I'm not expecting much because it is Millwall and a lot of the time last season they were underestimated. But they are a good team, you know, they've got a good manager, they've got, you know, some good players, they've got the togetherness which is really important for a team in a season. So it's gonna be a tight game. I'm hoping we can, you know, scrape a victory. But yeah, I don't know. I mean I am I'm excited for it, I'm nervous for it. Um I'm not as excited as I usually am. I think that's usually because that's probably because sorry that um you know we haven't made that many signings so far. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like I said, I, I hope we can we can win. Yeah, so do I. Um, I would take a one 0 victory any day of the week. But um, we showed against Millwall we can we can outbox them and um and just be a much better team. We've we've shown that on many occasions. Um, but. It's going to be a very very challenging game. They're very, they're they're a strong side. They might have they're going to have a strong season this year. Um, they were they were excellent the back end of last year, um, but it's going to be very difficult for both teams. I think I would take a draw. I think it's going to probably be a draw at the minute, uh, maybe a one one draw. And I think I would take that uh, because the first the first nine ten games it doesn't matter. I think it doesn't matter where you are um, in the first ten games. Because the championship's relentless, you only need three wins and you're and you're up there. Um, I think the first ten games we're going to find our feet and then we'll kick on the, towards the end of the season. So, if Borough fans are listening, then hopefully they are. That don't worry for those first ten games. Everything's a free hit, and we should go from there. Um, last question: What's your, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Uh, I'm gonna go for two one. I think. I don't know who scores, I don't care. I, I'm just going to go for 2-1. <laughs> That's fair. 2-1 Middlesbrough, 2-1 Millwall. Or, of course, Aidan Flint, double. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Aidan Flint was our top scorer this season. Neither, neither would I. I really wouldn't. Um, him and Ayala going in for corners or going in for throw-ins is just... is going to be so exciting. Just... I love I love a good set piece, but um, the way the way we're going, I think I don't know. I'll get sick of them by the end of the season. But if the work, the work, um, and hopefully yeah, we exactly. can. But yeah, Dana, thank you very much for coming back on. Um, if people didn't know, this is probably the second time we've tried to record this podcast, um, <laughs> just from Wi-Fi issues on my end. 
Um, we've had some issues trying to get this out, but thank you very much, Dana. Um, Dana, where can we find you online? Is it just everything M- MFC? Yeah, it's just there at the moment, and obviously Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all all in those. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. And finally, um, we're still looking for writers on the page. Is is that something that's happening still? Um. How do they get in touch with you for that? Uh, yeah, we're still looking. Uh, just email everything mfc at hotmail dot com. I think it's dot com or dot yeah dot com. And um, you know, submit a, a piece or link me to a, a piece that you've done previously. Um, include your Twitter handle. Why you want to write for the site? Um, if you can, you know, write consistently, and then you know, I'll read them, and hopefully, you can be part of the website team. Yeah, perfect. Okay, thank you very much, Dana. Um, this is the board breakdown. We're hoping for a 2-1 victory on Saturday. We hope you've enjoyed the first podcast of the season. Our next podcast um, will be with Mental Health. We're going to have a quick po- a special podcast with them, along with many podcasts throughout the season. We've got guests lined up. As soon as I'm back from New York, everything's going to hopefully come back in being place. But thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.